welcome to the Collective Hunch. Hi, Jenny. Hello. What week are we on now? I don't know. I've given up counting. I know. I just like to know. 16, maybe? Yeah. Is this our 16th guest or is it 15th? 15th. 15th. So it's been 15 weeks of lockdown. I say of lockdown, everything's easing now, isn't it? Well, depend on where, depends on where you work, really, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, in terms of the pubs are open, they have been for one day. Good. I'm glad people could go get drunk in London. Yeah. And Manchester, but you know, I'm just still ignoring the news, to be honest. I know. I quite, I do quite enjoy it. I think there's some hilarious points sometimes. I'm mainly just looking at all the um, photos of Soho being absolutely packed at like different points of the night and how it progresses, progresses, progresses. That's the word throughout the evening. Yes. Good. You sound super happy today. Look. As we were discussing earlier, we're not even really doing a news section today because it's so sad. Yeah. Because theatres can't reopen. No. I'm just a little bit bitter yeah. that Soho and other places were packed with drunk idiots. So there's that. Yeah. It is mental. Yes, yeah, so we were discussing before, like we normally do our news section, but we thought we can't really ignore everything that's going on. Well, at least we can't do our podcast without at least acknowledging that this week's been a bit shit in terms of theatre news in terms of like a lot of redundancies going on theatres are permanently shut because life is shit and the government being generally shit but I do want to say I mean I'm always trying to be a bit of a positive poly I do like the fact that everyone is kind of rallying together people in the industry are you know writing letters and being like add your name to this letter that we're sending to Oliver Dowden, who is, you know, just wonderful at his job. That was a lie. Yeah, and like everyone trying to get everyone to sign petitions, and it does seem to be publicly a lot of nice support. But then also, I say this, and everyone that I follow on Twitter and that I have on Facebook are the kind of people that are going to post all those things that are like rallying support and stuff. But that's why you follow people on social media that make you happy. Yeah, mine's the same, but you're right, pretty much, well, a large proportion of people that I follow are people in the industry, so my social media is definitely biased in that regard. Yeah, but it is nice, I think. And even, like, you know, people that we consider in high regard in this industry are commenting on it. And that has been today's public service announcement from the Collective Hunch. Yes, but if you do, you know, sign these petitions because, you know, write to your MP. I mean, they're going to be announcing something on Wednesday, which is hopefully, you know, fingers crossed is all good news. But just think of everything you're watching, you know, all the podcasts like this you're listening to. Everything is all done by creatives and it's not just actors. Like, I know that's the first point of call for a lot of people. Right, should we go on to something mildly more positive and get to the episode? We shall indeed. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Bexy Archer. Hi, Bexy. Uh, hi. Hello. <laughs> okay, so hiya. You're right. <laughs> Excellent. That's exactly what we wanted. How have you been? How's life been? Yeah, to be fair, it's been all right. Like, I've, I'm sort of ambivalent to the whole thing, really. I mean, not life. I'm quite enjoying life as it goes. But yeah, I've, I mean, I've had a lot of time. Isn't it nice? Like all them things that you think, oh, I wish I just had the time to write that or do that or all the ideas that I'm like, oh, yeah, that's such a good idea, like written on crap bits of paper. They've all come out (laughs) of the rubbish 
like a little box where I keep just a load of tiny weeny pieces of paper with stuff that I can't even read on it. I probably should ask, for those that don't know Bexie Archer, which is a crime, how would you describe yourself to the world, Bexie? I don't really know what you'd say, really. Um, I do acting and writing and stand-up and improv and like clowning stuff. Probably can't sing. No, can't. I can't play an instrument. Although I am, I can play some songs on the penny whistle relatively well. <laughs> I don't know. You've heard that, Jenny. Do you think? Do you think relatively well would be the way we I would think, describe that? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to so. be too uh, modest, you know. I don't want to undersell myself. I was thinking of learning an instrument in lockdown. But then, well, I don't really have an instrument. And then we did have a guitar and then the string broke. So it's like the end of that dream, really. <laughs> you have a ukulele or did I make that up? Oh, yeah, I think I might have one at Dad's house, actually, now you've said that. But I can't play it because I'm really, really dyspraxic. So, so I've, I've, I've like it's been put in the loft, I think, because every time I try, I just get really like excited and I just sit there and I can't just do it like for, like 10 minutes at a time. So everything that I do, I have to like jump in and then do it for like two days, you know, solidly. And then when it doesn't go well after two days, I go, right, that's it, in the loft. So uh, I tell you what I do have I bought oh gosh it was ages ago now and it was when I first got sort of spotlight and on spotlight it's obviously like you know they're like oh list all your talents and I couldn't play you know any I can read music but I can't play any instrument right so I was like right I'm gonna say so I researched and got this went all the way to Birmingham and got this banjo because I love the sound of a banjo and I got way too excited and it was quite cheap like it was a secondhand one but it was it's so lovely right and I didn't know anything about it so it was kind of stupid but I just got like I think it was like I'd managed to save up whatever it was like 60 quid 70 quid which to me that's a lot of money especially when I was trying to buy it yeah so I went and I picked up this banjo and I was so excited and then that day I come back on the train I put all the YouTube videos on and I was like I tuned it and everything and then I was like watching these YouTube videos I was like what why why doesn't mine sound the same? Like, why, you know, I was doing the chords and it, it was just completely different to what these these videos were telling me. Anyway, it turns out that my um, banjo is an Irish tenor banjo, uh, which means that A, it's tuned differently, but B, it only actually has four strings instead of five. So none of the tutorials were in any way relevant. So you be, are you be doing a lot of writing then? Yeah, definitely. Um, to, like, I, I think it's like important not to be like, you know, there's a, there is a, a lot of pressure and a lot of people are like managing to do you know a, a whole chunk of work or there you know I've had quite a lot of deadlines so I've managed to keep to them which has been really nice but also I did Grania Maguire is a stand-up and she does this amazing course that she used to do with stand-up but the whole course I guess in a way is just to get you used to like she sets your homework and stuff and it's just to get you used to like writing 10-15 minutes a day um, this is stand-up, this is, but um, yeah, the, what's good about it is because she was saying in terms of stand-up anyway, the best writers, like people who are professionals, you know, writing for Mock the Week or, you know, people who are just writing in the gags for all these shows, like, you know, and paid to do it, hey, they only usually have about like three, three and a half hours in them, like on a good day. So if you think of that as like the marathon, like the hardcore marathon and then you think of like your 10 minutes a day as like your couch to 5k sort of thing so it's good in thinking if I 
write 10 minutes today, I'll be less shit when I try and write 10 minutes tomorrow, you know? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, just like a little bit of, I mean, stand-up is sometimes you can write loads and sometimes uh, <laughs> you write and don't come up with anything and you know sometimes you just brainstorm and sometimes you just stare out the window and think I'm not good enough I'm gonna be a primary school teacher turns out I can't even do that because I think you've got to have some kind of qualifications <laughs> but um, but yeah um, so but yeah I've uh, written some been writing working on some scripts and stuff I've also been working on uh, a few pitches as well so you pitch to um, anyone who doesn't know the sort of structure so can write your first episode of stuff which is obviously great if you have the time to do that unpaid and stuff but also you could write um, your treatment for the sitcom and then write some kind of scenes or like proof of content or film some stuff and send it to production companies and then if they like it and yeah and you go in and you might have a meeting and stuff and if you like them which is important as well then they might then they'll pay you to go and write a first episode of something which is obviously the dream because in normal life no one can afford to write for free like anything else really but uh, but yeah so I've been it's been a bit mad and some some days I've done absolutely nothing and uh, they've been the best days ever and some days I've been you know almost productive I would say <laughs> You know the BBC Writers Room stuff. Is that still going on, or is that ended now? Yeah. So um, that is a sort of well, BBC Writers Room is like what is it? <laughs> it's just it's like a, a program that goes on for I guess a, a year. So each year they have um, new uh, a new influx of like fifteen people at the BBC, and so every month you go in and it's like I suppose you, like sessions, teaching sessions, if you like, with loads of different. You know, um, it'll be like producers, or it could be uh, radio, it could be kids. We had a day in kids at, at Media City. Lots of different genres and stuff. So they do like a teaching bit, which is about six months. So that's sort of finished now. And then they, whilst you're doing that, they um, encourage you to work on something through them, you know, and they look at the draft. And they pair you up with a script editor as well. And so then they, they sort of go, right, you know, you're all grown up now. <laughs> fly, fly, my child. Uh, and they play with a script editor and then the script, and then you send it to the script editor and then the script editor comes back and goes, that's not good. So that's sort of where I am now and like, I'm really um, hyped. So everyone gets a different script editor and they, they try and match you to whoever you can work with or whoever like is your style and stuff. So, but I've got, um, yeah, I'm really excited. I was going to say, can I say your name, but I don't see why not. You know, do you remember Way- Raised by? wolves oh yes it's so good and i've got the box set and i was like watching it and do you know who else loves it my dad but yeah so i've got carolyn moran so i'm really really excited and she's a great writer i just have to like try not to fangirl over every time i email her that's <laughs> that's the slight issue so is that a sitcom you're writing yeah that's like a first episode of um of a sitcom yeah so uh we shall see um what it turns out like and if it is any good and then you know then you try and sell it basically um which is a bit more like you like you i'd be on my own for that and i think this the 
you sort of assume that you've gone through this whole process and they've kind of given you loads of contacts or not necessarily contacts but people that sort of appear as part of it and you're supposed to remember everyone and take everyone's email and and email them you would think I would have done that yeah just people are so slick like I thought all writers would be like a sort of bumbly um, networking mess and they're not they're, they're really really slick but I'm just trying to concentrate on what <laughs> what I'm writing which is what I'm good at and then someone else hopefully can just go and sell it because that's probably what they're good at you've done like the monologue slam haven't you yeah is it the the becky one is that the have you written all of the ones you've done like well those all ones you've written um i'm just trying to think now no i don't think they were i think monologue slam is like one of the best things you can do as an actor for one it's like accessible it's completely free just to turn up an audition you just go and book a slot which in the acting industry at the moment is just unheard of like to, to try to get that sort of level of opportunity without having to fork out it's just it just doesn't exist anywhere else so so that's really good but I think I'm just trying to think now because I did ones when I was living in Telford so I actually did a Birmingham one like a few years ago and I'm just trying to think what piece I did now but no I think the only one that I did write was uh yeah was the Becky one which was dead fun to do is that the one talking about like how you don't like curry or something about hot curries and stuff yeah that was just a bit yeah yeah that'll be on youtube somewhere won't it yeah i think it is somewhere i think um triforce have got it triforce are the company that that run monologue slam and they tend to put they're really good at supporting like their past people like you don't have to be a winner for them to support you do you know what i mean which years did you win monologue slam i don't know um well they so they do loads of different regions basically i can't remember now but they do different regions so i've won the birmingham one twice that was the first one in fact no the manchester one ages ago was the very first one I did and it wasn't even a, like it was like their first one or something it was like above a pub and they were really small at that point but I didn't win that one but then I was like after that one I was like right that's it that's the last time I'm gonna be so rubbish and then they started one at Birmingham Rep and I so I won that twice at when would it be? do you know what I don't really know that was like maybe well, I like... can tell you I've got your spotlight here are you joking no I'm not joking it's Jenny's favourite bit about this podcast. She goes to talk everyone's spotlight page. You yeah. absolute fiend. You could have told me instead of just like hearing me I wade thought... through my mind bank. The empty, by the way. So you did Birmingham Rep 1 in 2014 and 15. Thank you. Yeah, I did. You did a Manchester 1 in 2017. Okay, yeah. And 2018, both at 53-2. Brilliant. Thank you, Jenny. The London one must have been in between them two then. Oh, yeah. There's another 2014 one you did, Stratford East, Theatre Royal. That's good. Because so, I've done the London, so the, when you win the regional, I'm just trying to think now, When you maybe I need to update my spotlight. Yeah, so every time, when you win the regional one, then you get put forward to go to the national final. So I've done the national final twice. First, when I did the Birmingham one, and then second, when I won the Manchester one more recently. And I didn't win either time, but it was amazing, like the, the theatre. To be fair, it was worth doing it just for the theatre. It was so beautiful it was like red like exactly what you think a theatre should be yeah so that's good if anyone is thinking of doing it and it's really like non-judgmental as well like if like the first reason I started doing it was I just lost all my like confidence basically and then every time I was like oh god I don't know if I can do it I don't know if I can do it you know you start getting like doubts if you don't you know work or you don't get your casting for a while you get really itchy and think oh I don't know what I'm doing anymore so yeah basically every time I got in that mindset I just uh... (laughs) 
I just applied for a monologue slam. So that's uh, that's how that happened, really. And they're like, they like the whole day is really nice. So the, you know, if, even if you think, oh, I'm not ready, or what if I'm rubbish, it really doesn't matter. It's worth like, it's just worth doing it. I think if I hadn't have done monologue slam in terms of like performing on your on your own in front of that kind of audience, I don't think I would have considered stand up really. Like I think it was, you know, it was maybe something that I was thinking about doing stand up, but then when I'd, you know, when I had that experience, I was like right okay the fear has I mean it's still very much there <laughs> I was gonna say it gone down a little bit so do you think you're doing monologue slam again or do you think you're like I've had my time with that now um I mean never say never but I do think like in a in a way like it's good to have lots of different things on your CV and also I don't know if there's a bit of a like it's been so good for me on paper but also like confidence wise and stuff and I just feel a bit like because there's not many people in each competition there's like you know eight people I think that get through maybe more don't know but (laughs) it's not very many and I just feel like a bit like rubbish if I was taking up one of them slots because to me it, it would be like great to do it again but I do feel like there's other people that would benefit from having that experience a bit more. So I think I'd just feel a bit like, all right, get off now. <laughs> so I just channel it into the stand-up, I suppose, really. That's a good tip if anyone ever gets asked to go for a coffee with with anyone from a production company or, or you know, anyone in the industry. For God's sake, take a pitch with you, like have some idea that you want to talk about they do not mean go for coffee (laughs) they actually mean you know they're going to be like so talk you know tell me a bit about you and they want to know like vaguely what you're about what kind of stuff you want to write and then they want to know and then you sort of have to kind of really slyly slide your idea in without a boring them b officially pitching to them or c getting so sidetracked and waffling that you only get halfway through your first episode and they're looking over their shoulder but it's a learning curve isn't it what would you say in a pitch then if i was to sit down and be like Beck the Archer, let's have coffee. What would your pitch be to me if I went, so tell me a little about yourself, Bexy? If I'm honest, I, I am not very good, but I'm getting better. I just sort of go, oh, I do stand up and I do this. and But more, I find, so if I if I personally talk about like myself or, or what I've done, I find that I get a bit <laughs> anxious and nervous and start like trying really hard. Whereas if I can kind of like sort of segue that a bit, and um, sort of like waffle a bit at the start but then as soon as I can kind of talk about like what I want to write or the kinds of things I like the programs that I like and why I like them and stuff that is that's better you know <laughs> that's when like I relax and they seem a bit more interested rather than just be going hello oh, oh. like you could pitch them the best idea in the world but if you do it and you bore them why would they why would they think that you have the conviction because if you think of an episode of anything, it takes years and years to go through the process. So if you don't seem excited about it, you're not going to be excited about it in five years time by the time it's, you know, in production. <laughs> so it has to be something that you're passionate about. I reckon that's all people really want to see. Saying that, I've never had a thing made. So there you go. <laughs> I love a good mockumentary. Like that's, I think that's definitely what I'm sort of better at. Like my acting as well. Like whenever I think I've just got to, I mean, I love like doing theatre when I do theatre and there's some you know that I've really enjoyed and some that I think okay well I'm not bad at this in theatre but I think unless I really retrain and put a shift in 
um, I'm going to say that my skills might may not lie there. <laughs> uh, whereas mockumentaries, because I think I try too hard as as soon as as soon as I'm like on there. I, d- I don't mind being on the stage, and if it's a character that's my casting, but a lot of the time there's not really my character that's my casting because they don't really exist. Like, because if you, if you're a comedy actor, I think a lot of the time, I mean, they're starting to exist more. Like with you sort of new wave of Bridget Jones, like if Fleabag, Fleabag. Can anyone say anything that's not Fleabag? But yeah, Fleabag, uh, like Michaela Cole kind of vibes, you know, just like really like more awkwardy, kind of funny, like subtle sort of stuff. But before then, I mean, I couldn't do it. Like the idea of pitching and like selling yourself and your product, I'm just like, nah. yeah, I think it's it, it is really dodgy. But I think the the uh, the way to do it is I don't. Do you know what? Because everyone says a different thing, so. After listening to everybody, like production companies and commissioners through like BBC Writers Room and stuff, they all sort of say slightly different things. And so what the kind of overarching thing is, is just like send an example of your work so that we know that you're not rubbish. Tell us a bit about yourself and just be inspired and excited about your project and then if you can do the other flouncy stuff then great but I've also been in like sort of pitches when I, I haven't been pitching, but, um, you know, other other people have, like, we sort of did sort of practices and stuff. And people sat, like, they were so eloquent, but they sound really bored. So I just think if you sound like, I really want to make this, really want to make this, that's literally what I do. Like, I really want to make this. And they're like, yeah, so well, tell me about yourself. Yeah, so uh, what, what the main thing about me is um, how much I want to make a show. Speaking of Edinburgh, like, had you had it all booked or was it just like, so had you had the venue booked and everything? Yeah, we were going to do Edinburgh and it was uh, all booked. So in the sense that I'm really unorganised, but I was uh, we're doing our show with your dad's mum, who's a comedy duo that I am half of. And we're doing a new show up there, or we were, and I am not organised, but the other half of your dad's mum is... <laughs> very very organized so we had uh, the venue we were going to be at where were we going to be at just the tonic we were doing the tron at half 10 i think at night um, which was a really great slot for our like it's like sort of the cabaret nice slot and it's right on the royal mile so we were dead chuffed with it actually and then, i love that venue yeah and it has um, all the sort of cabaret tables and stuff and so and our show is kind of um, i was going to say interactive then like a wanky theater person uh, like i am but um it's just yeah it was just like fun and like it's got some interactive elements so it'll be fun to do in that venue but yeah and we'd even booked all of the whole uh, accommodation for the whole year well whole whole month it feels like a year (laughs) yeah the spiritual year of edinburgh I feel like that's true, you know, it has like its own little um, like life cycle, doesn't it? Like the spring of like all this energy and like freshness and everyone's like, yeah, let's go out. Yeah, well, I've done I've done the full season twice and it, it feels it feels like forever. And then you get back it's like, oh, it's, it's been what, like six weeks because I got it up as well. And I think the tear down at the end. So I'm there for the entirety. Oh, Caitlin, you're just a pro. It's mad. I mean, like I know that you get paid but it is mad the kind of hours that 
you have to do and to be honest with you Caitlin I like to think about that when I'm just doing my hour show and then flying and in the rain and thinking oh this is this hour's going really slow and I like to think of you doing your 12 hour at the Pleasance <laughs> and then only 12 hours only 12 <laughs> <laughs> to be fair the Pleasance was a lot better than the first time in Edinburgh my oh, shift was, was generally a lot shorter yeah oh that's good so it was fine really wasn't it Caitlin absolutely fine I mean the first time I did Edinburgh um I think my record was 16 hours on 8 hours off 20 hours on 4 hours off 12 hours on name and saying this company because that's outrageous that's illegal like I know that I know that that's like quite funny but it's really not like there I do think because the fringe has got so so big and you know there's a lot of companies there's a lot of companies that are going under the radar and like taking the piss really like there's really no regulation obviously if you get like to the pleasance and stuff there is a lot of regulation but I think they really need to do something about it you know on free fringe and even the middle venues are dodgy they've they've got a they've got a look even there's been a whole thing in the in the comedy industry recently like they've had their own little me too movement and obviously that yeah it's really bad but it's also not like you know it's not something that's a surprise really I mean in the same way there's also like a lot of you know, there's there's way more nice guys in comedy than, you know, shit guys. But and also the difficult thing is a lot of the guys who are like really laddie on stage, they're actually the really nice ones sometimes. And then the ones, you know, that aren't but um but yeah, it does need a bit more like regulation, but also in every industry really, there's the, it's like really missing some kind of like mentorship you know because I do think it, there's a lot of people who you know maybe they've started in Manchester and you sort of gig with them a bit and that's great and you get to know them and then obviously they do they go on to do really well and then inevitably they sort of move to London and they sort of lose touch with the ones the people who were gigging with them at a lower level so like so so on a, on a bill you always have an open spot in the middle and then yeah or, or people like you know coming up and doing starting to do paid work and then you obviously have like your headliners but if there was more like like basically some people they get really good and they get really like they get picked up and they get famous and then they just fuck off everybody else <laughs> like not in a mean way but like you know they just don't you don't think like you know what why would you like if there's no um sort of formalized infrastructure to to be like right I'm going to meet up for a coffee with this person who's just starting out that wants advice like why would you do that that would be a bit pervy on their behalf actually wouldn't it like oh hello open spot do you want to talk to me so it just needs like more openness really but the especially the green rooms there's a lot of dodgy it's a lot of like laddie chat in the green room and sometimes it's laddie and it's absolutely fine and sometimes it's like it's not fine but I mean I've got off quite easy because my other half is in the industry so I think people are like they're just aware of him aware that we are together so I really think that <laughs> he's just sat by me and goes I'm hard as fuck uh, which if you know him is hilarious yeah but, but I think generally like like I think I can't 
really speak to the the worst side of that because I think people are just more aware of my hardest fuck on the half. But yeah, but even then, I you know, the, you do have to deflect quite a lot, I think, and that's really that that's the part that's really unnecessary. Like you know, it's it's not necessarily like sexual advances, but but the whole it's a scale. Like you know, you've got the terrible people that are doing the shit things, but then the whole like laddiness of green rooms doesn't help. You know, and there's a lot of deflection that girls just have to learn to do in comedy in green rooms, like whether some girls will like learn to be sort of more fierce about it. You know, some girls are proper scrappy. Some girls are just tell you to fuck off. Like, no, I know what you mean. Like if if someone comes at you and says something completely inappropriate, you're like, okay, well, if we're playing this game, I'll just say something completely weird and then you'll back off. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's two options. Either go, like, completely kooky and then they go, what? Or I just go really, like, something that they find really disgusting, which isn't disgusting at all, but, like, leg hair or period sex or something quite down-to-earth that they'll all go, ooh, ooh. No, I quite like that noise, so... Yeah, just like it when they do that. I think I'd be so. I think I would just freeze. I'm very good at just freezing in really bad situations. Like this is ages ago, but I remember walking back late at night with my friend in London. We lived together, and like there was some kind of building work going on, and they had like you know, you know, like the metal fences, but not like they're complete like blocks. Literally, just from behind one of them, like it was like someone. banged on it and was like trying to get out as we walked past I literally froze and looked at the spot and my friend pegged it like literally (laughs) so you know when it's like people like oh it's fight or flight I'm like no it's just freeze it's just freeze you're just a little bunny aren't you Jenny and also I was howling because I was like to my friend and I was like you were just you just left me mate you're on your own if you're gonna stand there I know true but it was just so funny like the difference in reaction like she was like down the street and I was just there like but also if it if it does die it wasn't me she just stood still in a dangerous situation I'm not gonna be held responsible for that but on the upside if you ever had to like um survive a bear attack i think you'd win jenny because you is that the one where you have to play dead i think so oh, i so don't know if you could just train yourself to to fall to over flop, flop over yeah before you freeze then then you're on a winner that you are excellent well next time yeah. i see a bear i'll yeah. uh, test the theory out are you going to try and do edinburgh next year then oh you've said that haven't you yeah we're doing it hopefully doing it next year they're they're i think they're going to be quite good at giving the people like venues that is they're going to give them sort of the first first refusal of you know the people that have cancelled so yes so that should be really exciting i've never actually done the full run because i've never been able to afford it i mean i can't afford it this time either really uh but it's happening so (laughs) so yeah we're doing our our show up there and we might, I mean, cause, because we've had this whole other year, you see, now to work on it. So it might be that we can think of something else. Like we've also got a little kids show that we want to try out or it maybe it's time for me to do a half hour, 45 minute slot or ah, something scary, I think. Something that's like uh, making me feel scared, you know, rather than like this show that we're quite happy with, really. I mean, still got a bit of growing room, but but um, a year is quite a long time to, to, to just you know stay on the same show so it might be that we managed to, to take something else up as well as we're there i mean yeah <laughs> might as well yeah the same free grand at the end of the day 
Yeah. Although oh. I, I do I do love Tuesday night at a social club. Like I just Oh, thanks, babes. It was so funny. The last one I went to. Oh Was it you I... that got a coven and toilet roll? It was, yes. Yeah, also, I thought I had a memory was... of that. It was me shoving um, Monster Munch in Holly's mouth as well. Oh, yeah. Oh. So, like, and she started choking and I was like, oh, oh I'm going to be done with my water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were, we, were, we do have to rethink some games to take some precautions. <laughs> thank you for being a guinea pig. <laughs> I just like her, it was like her face was going red, her eyes were like bulging and watering, and she was laughing. And I was like, I can't put any more in your mouth. And she was like, more, more. Oh, she was the tiniest little mouth as well. Yeah, she really did. Oh. Uh, I was like, we should have done this the other way round. But she really wanted for me to shove Monster Munch in her mouth. So. She really wanted that pickled onion, didn't she? She did. She really oh. did. Yeah. Also, they have other flavours. I always thought Monster Munch was like pickled onion, but actually they're, they've got like a roast beef flavour, haven't they? And, they and there's another one. one. Yeah. Chilli? Not chilli, but it's like flaming hot. That's what it's called. Oh. Let's be real. There's only really pickled onion. That is the yeah, one true flavour. That's oh, so I really true. Monster Munch now. We're not really allowed stuff like that in the house because I have like the discipline of a small child. So it just like there's no there's not even like oh I'll just you know I'll go shopping and then put it somewhere and then like have a bag every day or anything. They're in the house. They'll be gone in two hours. And I don't mean like a, a little bag. I mean like a like a multi pack. So um, so there's no fun stuff in our house. Uh, we have to keep the bread in the freezer as well in case I just decide that I want to eat all of the bread. I love that we have to like Bexy proof the house against you. <laughs> Yeah, this yeah. is literally what's happened. Like, in fact, well, the plan was to get a little, um, you know, like a little uh, safe, like a little lockable safe. But when we went to Home Bargains, they were like six quid. So now we just can't have chocolate because we thought the safe was too expensive. So, although um, my Kevin likes to hide things, um, which he thinks he's really good at, but I think I've like we live in quite a small house so at this stage i think i know all the hiding places he's shaking his head i think he i think he disagrees <laughs> you know what you're doing for the rest of the day i know why that was all applied trying that's like always like a treasure hunt though you know like every day yeah, you, you have to put treasure hunt. exactly where is the joy today it's behind the moment by the way, did you know that Marmite is vegan now? I mean, I wasn't planning on eating it anyway. Oh, Caitlin, I thought you were my Marmite friend. No. No, that's me. <laughs> yeah, Jenny, Jenny eats the Marmite. I love Marmite. Have you seen the Marmite and peanut butter one? Oh, God, why would you bring that up? You oh, what? Marmite you and seen... peanut butter in the... Yeah, they've mixed it together in a jar. And I kind of want to try it. I've never heard of putting that together. But the other day, I was having Marmite and Kevin was having peanut butter. And I was like, oh, it smells like they'd be good together. But I didn't put it on, you know, I didn't do it because I thought, that's mad. But It is mad. People are making money out of that, aren't they? If only you'd thought of it. I know. If only I had. I think Caitlin will change her mind. 
I don't think you've tried hard enough, Caitlin. I mean, I lived in Australia for 13 years. Vegemite was around constantly. It's just not, not a thing, no. Yeah, I just think maybe if you, like, put it on some stuff and ate it, you'd probably like it. Are you trying to peer pressure me into eating Marmite on the podcast? Yeah. Or okay. off it. You can do it you can do it privately if you want. You can like have a moment and and take your time and and really think about the side of you that it brings out. Yeah. You 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 Marmite come to like it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's why they pay you the big bucks. That's why they pay me fifty pounds for a middle spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is the is Vegemite the same as Marmite then? That's what I'm really confused about. Yeah, it is now. Um right. so Vegemite used to be the veggie version, so they called it Vegemite, and then Marmite was the meat version. Cause like Marmoset. Um <laughs> But yeah, now it's called Marmite, but it's vegan, so there's no bones in it. There's no <laughs> bones in it. Okay, I think you need to check what Marmite you're eating if it's got bones in it. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, amazing. So... So you've got things in the work then. You've got things planned, which is a lot more than I can say for myself, Bexy. You're doing well, I feel, in this lockdown. Oh, thanks. I I think it's one of them things that you just do a little bit every day. I mean, I don't feel like, you know, I feel like I've done a bit. Do you know what I mean? Like I haven't, like I've had days where I've tried really, really hard to work for like, you know, the whole day. And it hasn't gone well. So now I just try and do a bit when I feel sort of inspired and try and do bits and bobs. Um, but yeah, I've, I've definitely, do you know what I've got though? I have got more of like a plan because I think it slipped again because before lockdown we were doing like, so like obviously I've got comedy and stand-up that I was doing and trying to write. But then um, I was, I've also got two jobs or... Is it three jobs? I'm not sure. But anyway, um, it's like all, all sort of self-employed and random. So some weeks, it was really difficult to think, basically, because, uh, you know, we do like anything from seven, to eight, nine, ten days, and then have one, maybe two days off, and then do the same thing again. And in between trying to do, you know, write in and write this new show and go to all the festivals and stuff and do try and do stand-up and be decent and travel and all that sort of jazz it, do you know what it was just too much like I mean it's what it had to be because of money but it has been so nice to stop and actually make like a like a game plan again like I really think I'd sort of lost that like idea where you kind of I mean you can't really plan anything in this business but I just mean like a progression that you can see you know like an aim like like, I feel like, right, if I was talking about a colouring sheet, Jenny. Yes. Like, because I know you'd understand this. Like, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I was just colouring a blank piece of paper. But now that we've had lockdown, I've been able to form the, the, the plan and the, the motivation and the, like, where I want to be. And that's the outline. So now, if if I colour in the outline that I've now got, eventually, 
It'll be alright. It'll be a full coloured in picture. Yeah. Exactly. That is the best ever metaphor <laughs> I've ever heard. You're welcome. <laughs> I just came up with like, how good's that? It's very good. I'm so happy yeah. this has happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So other than doing all like your writing and stuff in lockdown, has there been something you've done that you could recommend to both of us and our listeners that you've done that's you've enjoyed so like do you have a recommendation for us um sex good caitlin (laughs) (laughs) did you not tell bexia any of the rules for this podcast i did i told you with a recommendation oh was that the recommendation bit oh you were so slick jenny i just didn't see what you were saying the only Um, time i've ever been slick Oh right, sorry, I just ruined it. Should we just plow on, or do you want to like ask at me again in a fancy way, and I'll pretend that I'm no, not saying? Yeah, plow just... on, and I'm just not going to edit this at all. It's going to be great. Yeah, plow right, on. Okay, so uh, so here's to the plow. Um, um, yeah, I do. Right. So what what do you want? I uh, I've I mean, cartoons have been a big part of my life. I'm not going to lie. I like um, writing for kids, and I like writing for. Yeah, I like watching ki- like decent kids content because um, also structurally as well, because the episodes are so, so short, like there can be like 11 minutes or like 20 minutes tops um, and they have to cram in so much stuff um, that it's just really good to watch it and learn from it. Anyway, so recommend- my recommendation um, is on Netflix. There's a few great shows. Uh, one is Troll Hunters and another one is Dragon Prince. And Troll Hunters is more like 9 to 13 year olds. Like, yeah, that's so good. It's got trolls and, and he's a troll hunter and he goes and fights things and all the friends are really cute. And then, yeah, Dragon Prince is a bit like Game of Thrones without the, like, rapey stuff for small children, really. And and it's about, like, kingdoms and then... Um, but it's also got, like, magic and magical creatures and dragons and a little evil elf that's actually a caterpillar and... Oh, and a, and a female assassin who's like the main character or one of the main characters. And she is uh, who I want to be. So, um, yeah... I feel like I was I wasn't supposed to say all that. <laughs> you can say all that. It's perfectly fine. Have <laughs> <laughs> um, I also was just like listening to your voice, and I was thinking you'd be good on a cartoon. Oh, thanks. I was like, oh, I'd like to listen to this voice on a cartoon form. Thanks. I would like to voice a cartoon. Yeah. Caitlin, what's your recommendation this week? Uh, I'm doing the preemptive recommendation again, but it won't be preemptive by the time the episode airs because podcast times. So tomorrow or three days ago, depending on when you feel like working out time, uh, Hamilton is on Disney Plus. Ah, that's amazing. Which it was in was in our news section last week, wasn't it, Jenny? Was. So now I'm putting it in the recommendation section. Uh, so they got the original cast back together to do the show and I've never seen it so I am very excited to watch Hamilton or to have watched Hamilton by the time this airs. Yeah we're definitely watching it this weekend. Yes. Oh, I refuse oh. to wait any longer. You and your Disney Plus. 
God, I know. I'm, I haven't seen it either, and I'm really, really, I'm thinking, is seven pounds a month too much to watch Hamilton? Don't think so. <laughs> I don't think it is. No, I don't think it is. We did it quite well, didn't we? Because Caitlin signed up to something and got the early bird offer, so we did like so it was cheaper and we did like one lump sum for like the whole year but it was cheaper because it was the early bird option so we did well there you're so clever do you know what caitlin she's a right little ninja isn't she no i don't think i'd have half the stuff if caitlin <laughs> wasn't here we have all the stuff on, on like my account so <laughs> yeah. but i've also talking about cartoons i've been watching cartoons on disney plus i've been watching a lot of Phineas and ferb yeah Oh, I've not watched that either. Is it good? It is. I think you'd like it, actually. That sounds like something I would like. Phineas and Ferb. It sounds like a, a fairy creature shop in Diagon Alley, doesn't it? Phineas and Ferb. Oh, uh, come on, Jen, what's your recommendation? Um, my recommendation this week is something that got recommended to me. This is like, oh God, maybe nearly a year ago, uh, Leah recommended that I listen to the podcast and it's called Friends with Friends. So it's basically these two guys, Dave and Pete, and each week they talk to one of their friends about their favourite Friends episode. And it's hilarious because they properly dissect the episode. So like they'll talk about it and then they'll go, this show is really misogynistic and why the hell did we ever like this but why do we still keep watching it because it's still one of the best hilarious things we've ever watched in our lives it's just it's just wonderful like everyone each week talking about their favorite episode and why it's their favorite episode and then them ripping it apart it's just glorious (laughs) and it's really easy to listen to as well especially if you watch friends and you know like you know what they're talking about so like the one i listened to last night was about the unagi episode oh yeah yeah. Ah, salmon skin roll. Like, <laughs> I just, oh, it's just great. And they watch, it and then they say stuff, and I'm like, why have I never thought about that? Why have I just accepted that as fact and not gone? Why did they do this? <laughs> like in the episode, like in the episode, the Unagi episode, it's like, so really, Ross gets his kicks from assaulting women. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, why have I not looked at it in that context before? And also like. At the beginning, Rachel and Phoebe coming back and being like, oh, we've just been to self-defense classes. And how, like, no one is like, why? What happened? Did something happen to you that you wanted to take these classes? They've just kind of accepted it as fact. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, this is something they do all the time. We've never mentioned it before. It's just so it, it is just wonderful because you could just laugh along at it. But they're all like about 30 minute episodes each. I recommend it. Oh, I, I love Friends. I, I do love Friends, but I miss, I also miss Friends. Like, as in, like, because when you watch it now, it's not Friends, is it? But when you watched it when you're, yeah. like, sort of 12 and you're, like, becoming, as you thought, a grown-up at 13, um, <laughs> ready to move out and move to New York, obviously, and, you, and you're like, oh, this is what adult life is I can't wait to be in my 20s <laughs> and that kind of wonder you just can't get back now when you watch it when you watch it now I just know so much doubt creeps in it's just not I the know. same is it and it's like it's like where like an episode will span over a week and you're like why are none of them working yeah <laughs> like 
why aren't you at work? Which sometimes they do reference when like Chandler's like, maybe it's because, or like Joey when he's like, maybe it's because it's afternoon and you're all sat here when you're meant to be at work. And it's like, yeah, but it's like, that's it. Other episodes, you're just like, this is fine. Like, yeah, we're just getting on with our week not going to work and attacking women instead and hiding in women's flat. <laughs> I mean, it's very flawed, but it brought us so much joy. And, uh, and do you know what? It still does. Like, <laughs> there's so much wrong with it, but I'm like, I'm sorry, but it's just still great. <laughs> I, I really used to like it, but I used to also not be able to accept that I'm Phoebe. So whenever they was like, inevitably in every like friendship group, people would be like, oh, who's, you know, who, who are you? And you're Monica and you're Rachel. And I always thought I was like Rachel or like Chandler or something. But I was Phoebe, and I, and everyone told me that I was Phoebe, but I it wasn't until later in my life that I could accept that I am Phoebe. Welcome to the Phoebe Club. Thanks, babe. It's, it's lovely here, isn't, isn't it? Isn't it nice? Let's go on a bike ride. <laughs> oh, wait, I can't. <laughs> Let's go for a run, and oh, I love the way she runs. Like, running away from Satan. That was the neighbour's dog. <laughs> Do you know, I um, this is actually painfully true. I didn't know how to run when I was a child. Um, I do, I still don't really know why to this day. I just didn't didn't really learn to run. So in the playground, I just remember that uh, I was like running and playing tig, and I just was like thinking, "Is this how you run? Like, is this, you know?" And then my legs couldn't like sort of stretch enough, and then I sort of was sort of fell over a bit and sometimes they're like overbalanced and sometimes I'd just sort of sometimes I just went round corners that actually weren't there in real life do you know what I mean like sometimes I would run down arguably a straight path but just go into the side of it so I really want to see little Bexy trying to run. I wonder why I do comedy. <laughs> no, no idea. So people are like, so what inspired you to get into comedy? It's just my life. <laughs> it makes the pain go away. It makes it all worth it. Oh, dear. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Right. I'm going to ask now my favourite question uh-huh. on this podcast, mm-hmm. which won't have known because I never tell anyone because I just like it to be spontaneous and I don't want people to plan how what they're going to do in answer to this question. So Bexy, today is Thursday the 2nd of July. Also side note, how are we in July already? That, that yeah, we're not. I don't think we are. No, me neither. Parallel universe. What are you wearing? What am I wearing? Oh, that's a lovely question. I'm wearing um, some sort of harimi like trousers. They're really thin. They're really cheap. My, I think my, either my friend bought them back or I might have got them on eBay. Um, but like all of the seams are coming undone. So like I keep sitting on the the spare like yarn let's say that's sort of hanging off I don't want to like I've sort of knotted it while we were speaking actually but but I can't I don't know whether to cut it or just just sew it on or something I'm wearing a top too and it's I think it's sort of reddish and um and a big yellow sort of three quarter length 
jacket no it's like a cardi it's a really like it's a really cheap cardi that I've tried to like it's quite new but I just really didn't have one and it's a hundred percent acrylic so I feel like maybe I should be a better person and start buying sort of more fair trade stuff really but there again I've got no money um but it's really warm but and I'm sweating a bit as well so oh and I've got and I've got um socks on which are matching today um and they are Ron socks like Aww. yeah you know the you know the the um, illustrations where they've all got really big heads so yeah and that that's on my feet and that I think that's it what are you wearing no uh, no Bexy, no that's not how this podcast okay, works okay. we ask the question mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh... right <laughs> In in fifteen episodes, we've only been asked twice. Yeah, really. So, yeah. Yep. Which I you and which I love. was it with Stacey you asked? I think so. Yeah. Mm, what's Caitlin wearing? I'd answer either. You don't yeah. answer either. If 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 Jenny's not if Jenny's not going to get involved, I'm not going. I know what exactly what you're wearing, Caitlin. Right. Let me let me picture it. We can do this right down the line. You ready? All right. Yep. Right. Okay. You're wearing black jeans and a dark colored t-shirt with that's a bit like like got some uh writing and a picture on it oh i can't make it out oh oh what, what? <laughs> uh, you are you are wrong on both of them no you are, are you not wearing black jeans caitlin i'm not wearing black jeans I couldn't even tell you the last time I wore black jeans. Oh, you're always wearing black jeans in my head. <laughs> um, I mean, Jenny, Jenny, you can confirm this. I'm not wearing black jeans or a dark t-shirt. No, she's not. She's not. Oh, I'm sorry. Me and I'm my sorry, antenna. I'm you. No, no. Oh. Can I ask what uh, colour your pants are? Not like underwear, as in like your harem pants. Well, can't you tell through your antenna? Um, I'm going to go with like, I want to say purpley. There's a bit of purple on they, there. Yeah, they are. They're like purple and like maroony and got some bits of florally spotty, like sort of culturally appropriated um pattern on them and i really like them excellent oh yeah oh it's like we're in the room isn't it it is yeah yeah i also oh, i don't... also don't ever say what i wear because it's probably the same each week i'm not gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you wearing pants though yeah i am i am i do get dressed every day do you yeah. well done that's good yeah yeah does caitlin Sometimes, no, joking. Yes. <laughs> no, she does. She does. We 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 are very we're very clean people in body. Oh, Maybe not, not so much hair. always the kitchen you know? <laughs> <laughs> and the amount of hair. Well, the amount of hair that I shed means that like the living area is never really fully clean. Yeah, I vacuumed yesterday. <laughs> Don't know why I bothered. <laughs> Do you have to have a special Hoover that's like a pet hair only? I mean, I did think about that when, when we were buying the the vacuum. Um, I, I am a little bit surprised we haven't broken the vacuum, to be honest. I've broken two of, uh, 
at my dad's I remember he was like I've just bought this and then it had like one of them nozzle things that go round spin round at the front you know for carpet and I was like well don't buy one of them then (laughs) (laughs) oh amazing right I feel like it's come to a natural end hasn't it this podcast with the antenna breaking there's there's been so many beautiful realizations over this last hour and 38 minutes mm-hmm. as it now stands mm-hmm. uh less hopefully because caitlin will work her magic and cut out all my stuff that really no one wants to listen to please don't keep it all in i've got some regrets have you got any regrets you know maybe i just want to edit this episode and i'll just stick the intro now <laughs> and, and, and just leave it be i think so <laughs> it takes me so much time <laughs> so, I mean, it's funny, but it's not funny. Yeah. I don't, th- I don't have regrets anymore. I'm just like, well, people know who, what kind of a person I am. They can deal with it now. It's their fault. It's your <laughs> it's fault. That you're my friend. So, <laughs> what a beautiful time to be alive that we both realised that. Like, imagine, like when you're a teenager, you'd be like anxious, and you'd, you'd, imagine editing your podcast and yeah. talking as a teenager and everything you'd just just edit everything out wouldn't you yeah but now just get caitlin to do it for you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry now we're oh, what a hero. To do it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, i just got an email from spotlight about you know this is matching your filter and it's not matching my filter Oh, what a load of ass! That and do you know, um, I'm not really on Casting Call Pro, but they like I'm on it, but I'm not like paying for it. But even still, they just still send me like, oh, this matches you, and I'm like, go on it, and it's like a bame, fifty year old man, I'm like fucking nailed that, didn't you? <laughs> so bad. <laughs> and oh. with that, we say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thanks so much for speaking to us, Bexy. Well, thanks for having me. And thank you to Caitlin. And thank you, listeners. <laughs> I really thought I'd get better at it, to be honest. But no. I think it's got worse. Yeah, I think, I think I've got worse over the weeks as well. <laughs> I tried to be so good and try and do segues. And now it's just like, no, you're just getting a question. That doesn't... <laughs> Not anything we've said. <laughs> oh, but yes, stay safe. Keep wearing those funky pants. And, yeah, baby. And hopefully we'll see you in person soon. Yeah, definitely. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Thank you. Bye. 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 <laughs> Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Collective Hunch. You can find us on Twitter at Hunch Collective and on Facebook at The Collective Hunch Podcast. Like us, rate us, review us. We have been doing a call out because obviously we've got a list of people we want to interview. But for whatever reason, we might have missed someone off the list or we might just assume you guys don't want to be on the podcast because we're scared of asking people. I say that I'm scared of asking people in case people are like, no. So please let us know if you do want to be interviewed by us and you know yeah like us rate us do all of that malarkey and make sure you join us next week for another episode of the collective hunch